You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 in Lexington, and I am joined today, uh, unlike last night, uh, today we do have Kyle Tucker of The Athletic uh, live from Las Vegas uh, there at the T-Mobile Arena. And uh, we're gonna, we got to talk recruiting before we get into that basketball game because it was a huge signing day haul for Kentucky. Uh, I know that uh, you know the people who who follow this stuff, you know, that rate classes and do all that, and, and really follow recruiting, are talking about it as possibly uh, the best class Kentucky has ever signed. I think, in my opinion, from what I've seen, uh, just from the time that I've watched Kentucky football, there's no doubt it's the best class Kentucky has ever signed. Yeah, I mean, of the modern era, of the rankings era, I don't know how you could really argue otherwise. Um, you know, and I, I tweeted something about this. This is the uh, this is uh, your your awesome class still ranks you know X nine ten whatever in the SEC season. Mm-hmm. You know where people yeah. say that, right? But I think that really misses the boat because the difference between you know when you're when you're eighth right now, I think they're eighth. They have the eighth best class in the SEC. Uh, and yeah. that ranks 20th nationally. Uh, and the difference between when you're 14th in the SEC and 60th nationally and that is vast. And it closes the gap so much uh, on your um, competitors and, and surpasses many of them. You know, I mean, when, you're, when you have better, when you have as good or better talent than everybody except, you know, that you're going to play every year except for Georgia and Florida, um, then you've, you've closed the gap and you've given yourself a chance to be where they were last year, which is at the end, you know, playing in a, a game at, in November to go to the SEC championship game. Um, and this class, they've had some good ones, but this class, to me, is the best, not just by its ranking, but where they loaded up. Uh, they right. got They got a, yeah. a four-star high school quarterback. They got a top 50 grad transfer, not grad, but transfer quarterback uh, from Auburn who could be a game changer, whether he's, whether he gets a waiver and it's next year or it's the year after. Um, and then they loaded up on both lines. And that's, that to me is where, where this thing stands out because we've talked many times about it. Like if you want to be good in the sec, you better be able to, to line up in the trenches. And I, I, before Octavius Oxendine, the four star defensive tackle from in the state, um, before he committed, even I had looked up uh, a stat on their defensive line recruiting. And it's it's only gotten better. Uh, and I'm trying to pull it up here, the the stat was I, I went through uh, and looked at all the defensive line classes in the country. Uh, and right. the, o- the only def- before he committed, the only defensive line class that you could clearly say was better than Kentucky's is Clemson. And going right. by the rivals rankings, they had number one, the number one D tackle, the number two strong side defensive end, the number three defensive tackle, and the number sixteen defensive tackle. Clemson did, um, but Kentucky, not, adding in Oxendine is the only. Uh, the only class, defensive line class in the country, that has five, four or five star uh, defensive linemen. The only in the class. Now I would still say Clemson's <laughs> is better because they got more just totally top end guys. Um, right. But beyond Clemson, and we're, we're talking about Clemson here, the two-time national champions, maybe three. They're in the playoff again. In the playoff right. every year, they load up. Um, 
other than Clemson, nobody else can say really with any certainty claim that their their defensive line haul is better. Um, Kentucky now has the number two defensive tackle, the number six weak side defensive end, the number 13 defensive tackle, the number 20, I think Oxen now is 24, 23 or 24 defensive tackle, and the number 28 defensive tackle. So five, four, and five-star guys. And we talked with big news today, not really news because I think we thought it was going that way, but they did go ahead and sign their five-star number two ranked defensive tackle in the country out of Michigan. Uh, <laughs> right to get him signed, and and all, other than Oxendine, all of those guys on the defensive line are from out of state. You know, they got a, they went to Florida to get Anale. They went to uh, to Michigan to get Justin Rogers, uh, who we just mentioned. Uh, they went to uh, Tennessee to get one of them, I believe. Trevon uh, Ribka. And what's the? Am I missing one more? Yes, you're missing the big one that John's oh. the, the fish that John Sumrall reeled in. The big news of the <laughs> yeah, the big news of the day, and that that too. I mean, so they they added they already had a great class and defensive line class and overall, but then they got two more four star defensive linemen today. They got the in state kid, the great name Octavius Oxendine, but they also went and stole one. The number two, I think, number two player in the state. Is that right? In the state right. of Mississippi? Right. Number two player in the state of Mississippi and the 13th ranked player in the nation, 13th ranked defensive tackle in the country, Josiah and was, Hayes. And he had been committed to Ole Miss, correct? Mm hmm. 6'3, 285. Flipped yeah. him. And, uh, and, sure and did. John Summerall with the incredible reaction gif was a, a, a gif of a, a man in a boat with a big old yeah. fish. And, yeah. Uh, was it another? Was it another fish that jumped up and what was it that jumped up? And I believe it? it was a seal. That's right. Jumped up and snatched it out of his hands. Yeah, uh, which was, was great. beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, and it, it immediately that, brought to mind the the um, um, uh, movies. What's the what's the name of the movie? I, Why want blood or what is the movie with? Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Jaws. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I have no idea. You don't know what I'm talking. There will be blood. There, oh, there will be blood. Yeah. There will be blood. And remember, he says, "I take my straw, oh, right, right, and I put it into your milkshake, and I drink your milkshake," yeah. which is, you know, what they did. We came over here from Kentucky and dropped down into Mississippi, and I took one of yours. I mean, this guy, he had offers. I mean, he was committed to Ole Miss, but he also had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Georgia. I mean, he could have gone any of those schools as well. Yeah, and all, I mean, that, that's the thing. Whatever you want to call, whatever you want to say about rankings, I've always said, where you judge a class is who are you beating to get players? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that Stoops immediately jumped up with Kentucky and improved them on was instead of Joker's classes, they were beating out Middle Tennessee and Mac schools. Uh, right. You start beating other SEC teams and Big Ten teams. You're beating power conference teams, and now you're beating. You know, some high-end SEC schools and, and others. I mean, you don't think Michigan wanted the number two, play, you know, number two defensive tackle in the country from their own backyard. Um, every one of the guys that they got on the defensive line and other places could have gone to a powerhouse somewhere else, a more established place. Uh, right. And the, you know, and then the other on the offensive line, they cleaned up as well. They got, you know, one of the, you know, not quite as high-end but pretty close. I mean, they probably got one of the tenor – 10 or so best offensive line classes in the country with four, I think four of their five guys are ranked four star recruits by at least one of the major services. So, you know, essentially you've got 10 guys on the offensive and defensive lines that everybody in the country wanted. And that is, that is an unbelievable haul when you factor in that you also went and got two potential uh, program changing quarterbacks. 
you know, you'd yeah. like to think out of those two guys, Bo Allen, the high school kid from Lexington, four-star, and the top 50 Auburn transfer, that you're going to – that between those two guys, one of them is going to pan out for you. And so you've got a quarterback of the future – and you got your both lines of the future, and I don't think you, regardless of anything else, I don't think you could be happier than than to get that if you're a program like Kentucky. No doubt about it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more on this recruiting class. Uh, Kyle Tucker is there in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena uh, awaiting this Kentucky-Utah game, so we'll talk about that as well coming up here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and uh, we were talking about the line. Um, just, just to reiterate, I mean, you're talking about nine, nine of the twenty signees are offensive or defensive linemen. I mean, five of them on the offensive line, and I, I talked no, about ten. this. There's five on each. Is that right? One, yeah. two, there's, there's three, five. four, five. Oh, that's right. There, yeah, the five on each. So ten yeah. of, I guess, twenty-one then. I add one more. So, so five on each side. Um, and then when that offensive line, it goes six, six, three, 15, six, six, two, 98, six, six, two, 95, uh, six, five, two, 70, six, three, three, 20. I mean, that's an offensive line. Kentucky doesn't, has never had that kind of size in, in those numbers just hasn't. And then over to the defensive line. Uh, if you add all these together, it goes, Defensive line out of the five, four of them are four stars. One of them is five star. And then on that offensive line, uh, four of them at least uh, rated four star by one service and then one three star. And so in the SEC, that's that's what wins you ball games right there. Those, those two things right there. Well, being able to everything. push people around on the offensive line and being able to uh, essentially stop the run. That's that's what's been Kentucky's you know trouble for so many years is stopping the run, and that's what you can do with a big defensive line like that. And then we also mentioned the quarterbacks, and you said you know either Allen or Gatewood would pan out, you would think. Well, Vince Merrow talked about it and said that they thought so much of Bo Allen so early on that they were in on him really early. And Stoop said uh, when I actually watched him in person live – this year, I mean, I've seen him in camps and stuff. When I went and saw him in game, I was just even more impressed just seeing the way he plays. Uh, and Marrow said they actually went to Allen and kind of asked his permission. Hey, Joey Gatewood's available. We're thinking about taking him, but you know, you're our guy, Bo. I mean, if you if you don't if you don't like this, we won't do it. And Vince Marrow said after pressing him three times, uh, Bo Allen finally just said, "Dude, it's football. I'm a competitor. I'm ready to go." Bring him nice. on. And nice. so, yeah, Merrill walked away from that going, I had even more respect for him then. So, and then on top of that, Eddie Grand says, you know what? I feel so good about those two guys that I think tomorrow, if we had to play one of them, we could compete in the SEC. Yeah, I thought that was a big statement. Um, no doubt about it. You yeah. know, when, when you go, when, when everybody's throwing their hands up, oh, what, do we, what happened to a quarterback recruiting? Like, they're not, they're not going to be in that pinch now. And, you know, to that point, um, uh, we should mention um, that uh, Walker Wood entered the transfer portal today. Um, you know, I think that was a, probably a really easy decision. He was never, I mean, if he wasn't going to play this year, he's never going right. to play uh, at Kentucky. And he's a Yeah, I look at athlete. it like good, 
good for him because yeah, maybe yeah. He ends maybe he ends up with Dean Hood at Murray State or you know um, right you know somewhere somewhere in the state that's smaller and could give him a chance to play or uh, even if it's not quarterback. I mean, he's such a good athlete. Uh, that and if you drop down, like if you if you were to go to the OVC, he could play right away, right? Isn't yes. that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's yeah. still I think that's still the case. Uh, yeah. Plus, he's probably graduated, so um, he's, oh, he's yeah. been around long so. enough. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just it. I'm sitting here looking at this list, and they've got nine. Is it nine now or ten? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine on the rivals rankings. Nine, four, and five star recruits. And they're all yeah. offensive line, defensive line, and a quarterback. Right. All of them. And then they yeah. got a, and then they got a corner uh, who who transferred from LSU and set out this year, who was a top fifty player, and they'll have uh, eligible next year. Uh, they went and got the quarterback from Auburn. He'll probably have to sit out, but he's a top fifty recruit, so you, you add him into the mix. Uh, they've got a cornerback, and you'll have to remind me his name. I know you were looking at it. Uh, Williams, I think, is his last name. Um, oh yeah. Like you mentioned, Kelvin Joseph, the transfer from LSU. Apparently, yeah. he was a big part of helping get this guy Joel Williams out of Baton Rouge, who has he was supposed to announce Wednesday, he didn't, and now he says he will announce three o'clock Eastern time Thursday. Uh, and his offers are Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU. <laughs> he was kind of high on Auburn, but uh, from what I've read, Kentucky still appears to be the leader and Kelvin Joseph is a big part of that, but he is the number 13th ranked athlete in the yeah. country. And so but, then you, uh, so then you, you know, you think about the fact that you could add two really high end corners, um, next oh, yeah. year, you know, next year who step in and help you in that secondary. So you've improved your lines, you've improved your secondary, you've improved at quarterback. Uh, they have to just, and there's, I think a four star running back that they're still in the running for, uh, they're gonna, you know, Michael gonna, Drennan. It looks like he might be into the spring. But the, but I mean, think about all the hay in the barn. They've got what nineteen now, and eighteen of the nineteen ended up signing. Uh, I believe the one other running back uh, <coughs> that they had committed didn't, uh, and and Torrance Davis from Ohio, right? Yeah. He's the one that didn't sign today. Um, right. Mm-hmm. They got uh, Jaton McLean was the so, other running so back that did. It's kind of the little guys, five nine, one seventy six, uh, speedster. Right. Um, Torrance Davis is a is a power, a powerhouse, six one two twelve. Um, right. But uh, you know they've still they're still in on a four star running back uh, and, and a couple other players. So they've got a chance now when you've got eighteen guys signed, not not committed, <laughs> not maybe, not oh get back to me when it's all done. It's done. Like eighteen guys already signed. Nine four and five star recruits already signed. Uh, now you just go, you just go all out. You spend all your time for the next, you know, three months uh, or two, I guess, two months, um, finishing it off, trying to add some some high end pieces. Um, well, they, I mean, they basically said, or Stoop said that we're zeroed in on three guys. That's what's left for us. There are three guys we're zeroed in on. You know, there could be some others, but we are. We are locked in on three guys trying to get him in. And Drennan is one. And Joel Williams would be the other. Uh, I'm not sure who the other one is. Uh, yeah, I can't remember now. <laughs> Off the top of my head, it's late here uh, already in uh, in Vegas. But uh, the bottom line is they – Well, they have 20 signed, by the way, 20. Is it 20? 20 are in the barn. Oh, well, yeah, because they, had, they went into the day, uh, I guess, with 19, and they added two, and one didn't sign. 
Right. Um, so yeah, 20, I mean, that's, that's incredible. And, and they're probably going to add a couple, probably a couple to two or three more total. Mm-hmm. If they, if, if they, if everything went right, um, which because they're all high end four star ish guys, that probably means Kentucky's going to stay in the top 25, you know, in the final rankings, mm-hmm. uh, 20th right now. <laughs> and then you look at receivers still, I mean, uh, three of three guys, all three star, but six foot four Isaiah Cummings out of male high school. Uh, they've already talked about him. Like there's a possibility that he, he's a guy who could possibly play early yeah. uh, because of his size and because they don't have a proven, um, guy there at receiver i mean lynn bowden was was the guy and he played quarterback this yeah. year and he's gone so i, I, I mean you've got some guys who've caught some balls but you still don't have that playmaker yet you've been looking for uh that you'll need yeah and they may, you know and they may they may turn their attention to go find somebody that's out there we don't know about a juco or whatever or a transfer i don't know right but they got yeah. now that now they can really narrow their focus and i think that's a big deal but i would also point people i would just I would just like people to think, if you want to think about how far Kentucky has come in recruiting under Stoops, I want you to think back to the end of the Joker Phillips era. Yeah. Uh, they got, in 2012, his last class, they got one, uh, they got one four-star recruit, Patrick Tolles. Uh, <laughs> in 2011, they got, I think, one, I'm trying to, my computer's going slow here, Glenn Faulkner, who never played a meaningful down. No. In 2010, uh, it was the same story. I mean, Mark Stoops got more, I think I think probably more than twice the number of total four-star recruits that Joker Phillips got while he was the head coach in one class. Yeah. Uh, you know, 2000, let's see, I've got it here. 2010, they got one four-star recruit, a tight end named Alex Smith, who never played even, made no. it. he never even... Uh, made it here. So in three years, they got three guys, and only one of them even contributed. Um, You know, and you you look at um, uh, Matt Elam was, you know, was the big get that they beat out Alabama for who who didn't pan out. But when you have just one of those guys and he didn't pan out, that's that's a problem. If you have ten and a couple of them don't pan out, you're still okay. You still got eight high end guys, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, for the most part, and and those those single instances make it easy for people to poo poo rankings or the Josh Allen's of the world on the other end of it, who nobody offered, and he becomes this or that, and you go, right. oh, the rankings. Well, I'd like you to look at the top of the rankings this year and for oh, yeah. many years. Like the top six classes are LSU, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Clemson, yeah. Ohio State, and Georgia. Every, they're every year, and who's yeah. in the who's in the playoff every year? Yeah. Um, LSU's know, always up there. You know, it's, full, you know. So yes, if if you can load up on these high end guys, you have a much higher success rate. It just is a fact. I mean, there's a reason that every because a lot you know some of the ranking is is certainly based on these guys that work very hard to evaluate talent. But it, you'd be a fool if you were one of these websites that ranks players if you didn't wait big time offers so yeah of course if, if Alabama Auburn LSU Georgia all want a guy he's probably right. a, he's probably a four-star recruit right <laughs> you know at minimum uh, uh-huh. and so then if Kentucky pops in there and gets a couple of those guys or gets 10 or 11 or 12 uh, which they still have a chance they could end this class with a dozen four and five star recruits um, that puts you at least 
you know, a lot of people for a lot of reasons use the analogy about, you know, you don't have to have the nicest house in the neighborhood, but you want to be in the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that puts Kentucky in the neighborhood. Kentucky was like like four subdivisions over in an apartment complex, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a long time. And now you're saying in, they were living in the ghetto. <laughs> they, they're, they're, you know, they're in the neighborhood. You know, they're moving on up. They're in the neighborhood now. Um, oh, well, there's no doubt about it. And you've seen it in the last few classes. I mean, Stoops' recruiting classes have gotten better and better. There was some talk today of some comparison to 2014 and 2015 classes, uh, you know, that produced some good guys. But we've seen these classes just continue to improve. And what it does is it allows you to lose your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback and go to a receiver and lose your top six or seven guys in the secondary and lose your all-time leader in sacks and the defensive player of the year and lose your all-time leading rusher and still go seven and five and be a, you know, and be a yard away from eight and four and be right. you know a blown two two score lead in the fourth quarter against Florida from being nine and three exactly um, you know and so now you add this on yeah. top of that yep and you and you put your like that's the thing they they for three years in a row now because the other thing people forget is or probably I think forget is the year before they went won ten games two years ago. They were like a combined five points from a ten-win season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were knocking on the door, then they kicked the door in, and they were knocking on the door again this year. And they just—they've given themselves a chance. Uh, and and now because they've done that three years in a row, and I think recruits see that they are a competent program that's not right. going anywhere. Now you get the high-end guys and more of them. Uh, I think it certainly allows people to dream like, well, what could, what could Kentucky football be? You know, if they've, if they've stacked now years and years of good recruiting and now they've just taken it to another level, uh, what are they going to look like? I was talking to Derek Terry, uh, of the cat's paws and two, four, seven. And, um, I think Derek does a great job. Um, and he's from Corbin. I like him. He's a good, he's a good dude. One of the best. And, uh, he really pays attention to this stuff. And he and I were texting a little bit today and I think he's right. I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. He's probably said it publicly, but his, he's a, he thinks that like 2021 is their shot to, to make a, make a run at the East. And I think that's probably right. Um, you know, I think they will be good next year. It could be really good, but a lot of next, a lot of the guys that are back from this year, next year are back again in 2021 mm-hmm. as juniors and seniors. And then you have this monster freshman class that'll be either sophomores or redshirt freshmen uh, in some key spots. And, you know, they, they have a chance, if, if nothing else, the way they've continued to recruit has given them, uh, I think, every reason to believe that they're going to be, the, the, the floor is a bowl game now. And right. The, and the ceiling, yeah. the ceiling is much higher. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. All right, we got to take another break. Uh, we'll continue here with more on this recruiting class on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, he is in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena getting ready for that uh, Kentucky-Utah basketball game. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that this class right here I said it at the beginning, it's the the best class they've signed, and with everything that Kentucky already has, we just mentioned this, that, you know, possibly 2021 looking ahead, but, uh, you know, there's been some outside attackers being like, oh, calm down, Kentucky people, calm down, all right, you haven't done anything yet, calm down, but, yeah, 
they don't follow it as closely as we all do. And if you follow it as closely as we all do, then you understand the importance of this and you understand the importance of, of line play, the offensive and defensive lines. And when you talk about dreaming and the possibilities, look around. Look around at South Carolina. And, I mean, does South Carolina scare you? You beat them five years in a row. Uh, you got beat down there this year for the first time in six years because you didn't have your quarterback. You weren't whole. You weren't 100%. Does Missouri scare you? They got a new coach. They're going through struggles. Tennessee, I mean, they just kind of, you know, started back the way they want to be going this year. I mean, they may be in the stages of where Kentucky was a few years ago. Uh, Georgia and Florida are, I mean, Georgia's not going anywhere. Florida's definitely on the rise. But th- that's that's where you're gunning towards. That's, that's where you got to be. And when you beat uh, Florida and Georgia out for some of these players, I mean, look how they've played Florida these last few years, how they played Florida this season. Uh, Georgia's really the one that that's uh, the biggest bear that you'll have to knock down. But, heck, they still played Georgia pretty darn well this year in that game. I mean, albeit Jake Fromm was, you know, pretty much uh, his arm was completely taken out of the game. It was just, you know, a running game. But you're getting so much closer. The gap is definitely narrowing and this recruiting class just is going to show you that so I, I don't think there's any question that UK fans should be be able to dream big here and be able to put your chest out about this class and don't worry about what they have to say because what you know is what you've seen that 10 win season how they were able to get to seven wins this season through all the adversity and now this class right here Mark Stoops has already said it several times this season. I'm looking at next year kind of like I looked at last year. I like everything that we've got back and all the experience. Well, now he just added this class to it. And you mentioned you were talking to Derek Terry about 2021. Uh, Yes, there's no reason you cannot think that dream big and be excited about it because I think it's realistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just – I I don't – I don't see how you could. Uh, I don't see how you could be paying attention uh, to Kentucky and not think something big is possible. And I just flipped a uh, Diet Coke off the back of my chair here in the media room <laughs> in Las Vegas <laughs> to continue my run of uh, crazy things happening to me. This yeah, week. so let's get to that. You tweeted out that you arrived to Vegas, and when you got out of your cab. The cab driver, what, grabbed your bag and then just basically dumped it onto the concrete or onto the blacktop? Yeah, for, for whatever reason, he was, he decided he was going to help me with my bags, which I did not ask him to do. I mean, it was, it was nice. It was no, nothing malicious about it, but he grabbed Well, my, he's just working for a tip, yeah. Right. He grabbed, he grabbed my laptop bag, and um, I don't even know how, but somehow just completely inverted it and and em- completely emptied the contents of my laptop bag, <laughs> which I came to find out later also included my checkbook, which is oh. now missing. Uh, earlier in the week, I had my uh, debit card number uh, hijacked from a card reader at the gas station. <laughs> so my bank probably thinks I'm just like uh, just the least secure uh, financial person ever. I keep having to call them. Yeah, because a checkbook just kind of floating freely on the streets of Vegas, that's not a hide item at all. Yeah, that could go bad. Um, <laughs> There's and, no one honest in that town. But I, you know, I'm like scrambling <laughs> to throw everything back in my bag. And when I finally get back up to my room and get settled in, which I don't know if I don't know if you've ever 
checked into a have you been to Vegas? No, I've never been. Okay. Well, if you come during a busy time, and I assume this is a busy time around Christmas and there's some events out here, uh, check-in can be crazy. Like, yeah. just, just a wall of people lined up waiting to check into their hotel. Um, so, by the, you know, it was about an hour between when I got out of the cab and finally got to my room and opened up my laptop. And I realized, like, one side of my laptop was just going haywire. Um, oh, wow. And... And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then I reached up to touch the screen, and I got, like, a little shard of glass in my finger. And I realized that he, uh, when he dropped my laptop, he smashed the uh, upper uh, right, right corner of my screen. And, like, if I get on that side of the computer, it just goes haywire because my, my laptop is also a touch screen. And so where it's all mashed in, like, the computer thinks something's touching it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's... Oh, dude! Like I've been, I've been wrestling with it as we've been doing this on the podcast. <laughs> like I keep trying to open a window to look at something, and my my computer just zooms back to something else. But and you just get cut. Yeah. You just get keep yeah. slicing your finger. Yeah, I'm also bleeding into death here in the room. But, uh, one thing, one thing off the subject of me, which the subject of me is is just uh, totally accident prone lately. Uh, one thing I was going to mention before we went was uh, tonight. We've talked a lot about Bam Adebayo and how he's becoming a star. Uh, he yeah. had, uh, he had, I was watching the, the game earlier in the first half. They're playing at Philadelphia, both the Heat and the Sixers are two of the best teams in the East. Right. Uh, and they're at Philadelphia, a tough place to play. Um, and Bam, early on they were losing, but Bam had like, I think he had 14 of their first 25 points. Uh, and he ended, really? up, he ended up finishing with 23, nine rebounds, five assists, two blocks and two steals. And the Heat won at Philadelphia tonight. Um, wow. I mean, I, someone just the other night, I can't remember if it was um, TNT, NBA on TNT, Inside the NBA guys, or if it was ESPN's guys. I'm not sure which ones, but I know for a fact I heard one of them say, one of the analysts say, uh, the Heat, Bam Adebayo's got no chance against Joel Embiid. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah, and he he went right to work on him. And that, that I mean, he was just scoring right over top of him in that first half. Um, and Tyler Hero, uh, nine points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Jeez. Uh, so he flirted, Jeez. flirted with a, a little, little bitty triple double there, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've said this too. But if you're a Kentucky fan and you're looking for a reason to get into an NBA, the NBA or adopt an NBA team, uh, other than you know the obvious of Anthony Davis with the Lakers, um, the Heat are going to be a super fun team to watch for a long time because they've got all these really good young players. Uh, they've got like three terrific rookies. Yeah, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, um, uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, Duncan Robinson. Name? Yeah, the former yeah. Division three player. Yeah, uh, from who ended up at Michigan has had like four games where he hit eight, nine, ten threes in a game. He had fifteen again tonight. Um, uh, but then, and then they're kind of anchored by Bam Adebayo, who Adebayo, who in year three is you know in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. He's probably going to make the NBA All Defense Team. Um, He's a budding star. The Ringer came out with the, the top 25 players in the NBA so far this season, and Bam Adebayo was on that list of, of the top 25 players in the NBA through the first you know quarter of the season or third of right. the season. He's good, man, well, and, and they're good. They're fun. They're 20 and Miami Heat are 20 and eight, and no, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, they they added Jimmy no. Butler, and he's a great player, but he he has a tendency to implode rosters but the he, yeah he's really meshed with all these young guys bam has been great with them so they're fun well well keep it quiet but um i 
they're coming to Indianapolis in January, and I we went ahead and got our kids. That's their Christmas present. I hope they don't going. listen to this podcast. Yeah, they don't listen to this podcast. We don't. We, they don't have iPhones. We don't allow that. But um, yeah, that's what they're getting for Christmas is a that's trip awesome. to uh, Indy to see that. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna love that. No doubt about it. Yeah, All right, really we. Cool. we well, before we go, I mean, because we're going to tell people to listen to this in the hour before this game tips off. What 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 are you seeing? What's the Nate Sestina update? I think he's going to play. I mean, by the time people listen to this, it's they're going to know. But uh, right. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to play. I would be shocked if he doesn't play by the Ohio State game Saturday. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, this was an injury. Like some people freaked out, but it was an injury where I think it was a two week timetable, and they just they put out a month to give him some cushion. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. he's ready. He's going to be back soon. That's big for them. It'll be really big against Ohio State, and uh, this game's tipping so late, we're gonna we're not talking about it tonight, uh, but we will, as soon as I'm awake uh, Thursday, <laughs> we will be right. back to record another episode. So if you're listening to this Thursday morning, probably by Thursday afternoon, we'll have something up breaking down, whatever went down in the Kentucky-Utah game. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have one up for you before your uh, afternoon commute home so you can listen to it. All right, Kyle. Well, uh, you know, hope the rest of your trip goes better than the first half of it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, tweet us uh, your questions, comments, whatever. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>